0: Before I went on vacation, the Lord gave me a little reprieve. It also changed a few events in my life that, oddly enough, I was working on this message for a few months, and it kept getting deferred, and it came to life for me. And uh, so today I'm going to speak about the prodigal son. My message is entitled Lost and Found, and we know the church is the greatest lost and found department. We've all, whoever of us have known the Lord now, we were a prodigal son or daughter before. And we were lost and now we're found. We've all lost things before maybe little things, big things, material things. You really can tell how much you care about something you lost by the effort you put into finding it. I remember not too long ago. <clears throat> I was dumpster diving in the church when uh, my son was a little boy back then and we lost his retainer. But I knew I threw it away because, you know, after all, I, I have a trash ministry and I love to clean up. And, you know, I see trash and I just pick it up. And uh, my boy had put his retainer, like kids often do, in a little napkin, wadded it up. So I saw it and I threw it out. And uh, they're expensive. <laughs> so and I knew where it was at. It was in a church dumpster. So for the first time in my life, and probably the last, (laughs) I was dumpster diving. (laughs) But after a while, I'd be like, hey, forget it. I'm just going to pay for another one. I I cared for it, but not that much to keep dumpster diving. So (laughs) we we got him a new one. My wife Amber also has lost things, Um, sometimes my fault. Uh, Shortly after we got married, you know, I'm not a cat person. You probably all know that. You know, she was a cat lady. She had cats. <clears throat> I'm a dog person. But what I didn't know about cats, Is when you move somewhere, I guess it takes a while for them to get assimilated, so you can't let them out. So um, I guess <clears throat> Piglet was his name. He was not a very nice cat. I think all cats are evil, but that's just my <laughs> personal opinion. So uh, I opened the door, and the cat leaves. Or I guess I left it open. He left. <clears throat> my wife loves cat, and she was pretty devastated. We looked, we looked. I mean, we drove around. We looked for a long time. After a while, we just gave up. I mean, going to look so much. Of course, it was my fault. So you know, I said, "Well, let's get you another cat." And I sent her and Mom off to get another cat. The 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 pound, and uh, they come back with two. <laughs> it's like the grandmas keep multiplying. So I'm like, okay, fine. So now we're, instead of two cats, there were two, we lost one. Now we have three. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 months later, Sharice was over at the Coopers, and Maria Cooper, who used to go to church here, called Amber and says, Sharice thinks that there's this cat that's your cat. Amber's like, there's no way. We lost him 10 months ago. But on Super Bowl Sunday, they insisted that's our cat. It was our cat. So she was elated. I was okay with it. <laughs> I was counting four cats. <clears throat> Nevertheless, we found the cat. I know you've all lost something at some point. The Lord often speaks to us in parables. They mean a lot more because can, we can each get something out of them. I love parables. Dean knows I used to always do devotions and parables. And the the Lord has three different parables of losing things. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, otherwise known as the prodigal son. So let me open in prayer, and then I'm going to let the word do its work. Because no matter what I say, i remind you that the power is in the word. I was talking to Sister Katrina about this yesterday. The power is in the word. So I want to let the word do the job. Let me pray first. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity again to come before our brothers and sisters and just share your word, Lord. I thank you for my personal salvation, Lord. I thank you for bringing my son home. Let me pray. It's a long parable, so I'm going to try to read it clearly and slowly. Bear with me. It starts in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. There was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out, a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, and this is my favorite part, My favorite parts. But while he was still long away off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against you. Heaven and heaven against you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But before he could finish, the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What a celebration. That's an amazing celebration. You know, I had a similar celebration, I got to be honest with you. And it is nothing that you can imagine. But the Lord knows what it's like because, after all, we read... Last Sunday, it was shared, and almost every week, somebody speaks about how the Lord went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. So imagine the joy that I felt for my son, or you might have felt for a loved one. He feels that joy when each and any one of us gets saved, and he felt that joy before he went on the cross. Now, let me finish a story, because there's more to the story than that. We often stop right there, because it's a really cool part to stop. But I want to finish it, and then I'll go back and kind of share my thoughts with you. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed you, never disobeyed your orders, which is hard to believe. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, instead of my brother, he calls him a son, this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But, he had to se- but we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. So my, my first point I want to make is, and again, I've been a prodigal son. My mom can tell you about it. Uh, I know where I was running away and where I was at before I came to Christ. You all have your own testimony, which if you haven't shared it recently, we should all be sharing a testimony. But we don't share it enough. Our testimony goes a long way, and they're all unique, and they're all different. But they're all similar in the sense that until you come to Christ, you are a prodigal son or daughter. Once you come to Christ, you're his child Forever. So what causes our children or grown men to drift away? If you look at it, right away in the verse, he asks for his share of estate. He almost has a sense of entitlement. It's like everything else. I remember when I ran away, you know, you always chase the shiny object, whether it be money, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a job, anything. Because sometimes we just stray. You know, and it's not like he was in a poor family. I mean, the prodigal son's father obviously had some wealth because he had calves. He had, from what you can read, he was not a poor man. So this child probably felt entitled, maybe because he had such a good life. But like many of us, we get entitled and we want to chase the greener grass and we run away. So right away, you see the father went ahead, and what do we do? We can't stop our kids. The Lord doesn't stop us when we want to go and sin. Sometimes he allows things for a reason. So in Luke 15, it says he squandered his wealth and wild living. But here's the best part. Coming to your senses. In Luke 15, 17, it says, When he came to his senses... When did you come to your senses? It took me a long time to come to my senses. But the moment that that son decided to turn back, he already won. He was already heading in the right direction. The father knew it, and and the rest was easy. The hardest part is coming to your senses. It's repentance, isn't it? It took a while. and Sometimes we have to be prayed down, pray low before we realize it. But it came to a point where he realized that he sinned against heaven. He said, he sinned against my father in heaven. Because after all, when our children or when we go astray, it's not about sinning against your family. It's about sinning against God. And it's about getting back with God. The fact that he came home is symbolism, obviously, to us coming back to the Lord to being saved. When he realized in Luke 15, he said, I'll go back. But more importantly, in Luke 19, Luke 15, 19, he says, I'm no longer worthy. You know, it reminds me of the, of the sinner who's praying with the Pharisee, and the Pharisee's saying, God, I'm glad I'm not like the sinner, but the sinner's saying, Look, I am a sinner. You know, the Lord recognizes a repentance, much like the angry brother here, right? The angry brother says, Hey, I've never disobeyed any of your orders. I've been here the whole time slaving at the fields, right? Very similar. Salvation is but just a moment away. So salvation is just, all you have to do is turn around. Because God's always there. You know, one thing about the father I guarantee you is he was always looking for his son. Always praying for him. You know, that's why when he, his son was far away, he, he wasn't turned around. He wasn't, way, you know, he, he, he knew it. The son didn't have to get to him. The father probably every day would look out in the field. I know every day he was praying. Every day. So it didn't take much. God is always there waiting for you. What did the father do? First thing he did, which, by the way, in Jewish culture, to run was looked uh, frowned upon. It would only be humiliating for a father to run towards his kid. Kids come to you. It was also very unlike the Jewish culture to ask for your money before your father's dad. You know, back then they used to get, I guess, two-thirds for the oldest kid, one-third for the youngest. So, so the dad gave him one-third of his entire wealth. So the fathers right doing a couple things that are very outside the Jewish culture. But more importantly, when he was very far away, what did the dad do? He ran towards his kid. And guess what? Our fathers ran towards us before we meet him, right? I mean, before I came to Christ, I was going the opposite way. And what you least expect him, he moves mountains. He can use unsaved people. He can use good and bad circumstances. I remember I was in another country myself. And I was trying to run away from everybody in this church. And the Lord found a way to, of all places, and Nicaragua would have sent me to a Christian little school that I didn't know about where all these kids were singing for me and putting... I mean, they, they must have known that I was going to get saved because it was a big celebration. The Lord knew I was going to be saved. The Lord's just waiting for anybody who's not saved to just turn around and he's going to be there. He's going to run towards you. And here's the best part. What does the Father do? He put a robe on him. He put a ring on him. He put sandals on him. The robe is symbolic because in those days only honored guests would get the best robe. And here, the young son who squandered all his wealth, instead of dad saying, Oh, I told you so, you're going to have to pay that back, he didn't care. He gave him the best robe as he was an honored guest. What else did he do? He gave him the ring. Ring is a sign of authority. So whereas this young man was out in the world eating with the pigs, and don't forget, in the Jewish culture, pigs are about as filthy as you can get. So to have to be working with the pigs is pretty downright humiliating. Now he's home? Instead of working with the, eating with the pigs, what's he doing? He's wearing the ring of authority. The Father has given him authority again. In the sandals. Well, slaves don't wear sandals. Father gave them sandals. And then, of course, the fattened calf. The biggest celebration. You know, we always hear about how there's angels singing every time somebody gets saved. There's angels singing, and I guarantee you the Lord's part of that party. Everybody just elated when somebody gets saved. We recently had many souls here saved, and we had a baptism for them. But here's the thing. After salvation, things don't always get easy. You know, I remember after I got saved, even my own family wasn't really happy. You know, and if you come from, whether it be a Jewish background, a Catholic background, a Mormon background, or even an atheist background, your family has beliefs and traditions that, that you kind of just grew up with. And a lot of times, they're the ones that are the angriest the older brother became angry Luke 15 28 I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders really you know sometimes not necessarily a brother he's symbolic to the resistance we get after we get saved for those who have been saved for a while do you remember what it's like you are it you're so happy you start sharing it with your friends and family. Negative remark, negative remark. You've been a Catholic all your life. What's that person going to think? Don't let them bring you down. If you recently got saved, and all of our young guy, kids recently got saved, don't let the world bring you down. There's always going to be somebody telling you you don't deserve it, that you're a sinner, that you did too much. How far will God go for you? Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he didn't say, Dave, you know what? You need to get a little bit better before you come to church. You're not quite ready to be saved. I need you to clean this up. I need you to drop that. I need you to do this. Uh Uh-uh. He died on the cross before any of that, knowing and hoping for that joy that was set before him that we would come to Christ. He's lost. And he is now found. God is always looking to run to you. God's never there to tell you I told you so. I love the song from Caleb, Reckless Love. His love is reckless. He will wreck anything he needs to to get to you. He will move mountains. So I'm going to share a little something with you. When my son called me first and he was in some Situation, the last thing I thought was that he'd come back. The last thing I thought was that he would counsel. And the last thing I, you know what, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I wasn't even praying for that because I thought it was so far from possibility. You're always praying for your kids to be saved, but I, you know, Lord loves specific prayers, you know, but I didn't specifically say, Lord, Please have him come home. Please have him counsel. Please have him. It was just so far from our mind. But see, that's the Lord running to us. And that's the Lord saying, you know what? It's not your plan. It's my plan. I had very little to do with it. And here's the best part about it. You know it's when the Lord, when you have very little to do with it. You know, Emma and I were ready to go on vacation. And uh, we had planned on vacation for a long time. But I was ready to cancel it because things were so hectic. And there were so much problems going on. I'm like, you know, I don't want to go on vacation. But the Lord took care of it. The Lord said, Dave, there's nothing you can do about it. Just keep praying. And the Lord moved mountains. The Lord put the right words in Papa and Ato's mind to have my son hear it, understand it, and choose to come back to the Lord. And when I went on vacation, a vacation I was ready to to, to to cancel, it was the best vacation ever. And I was looking forward to coming home and seeing my son. And, and, and I was on vacation being kept up to date with what the Lord was doing. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. You know, a Christian brother helping, you know, drive all the way from Dallas a, a, a car. Um, you, you know, jobs opening up. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you, you got a job you never thought about. Um, the Lord will make things happen. It's not always our control. What's the key? Just turn around. Because as soon as the son turned towards his father, everything else the Lord may happen. Just like my son. Everything else the Lord can make happen. Don't be discouraged. Sometimes we're our worst enemies. Sometimes even after you come to Christ, your past haunts you. Your guilt haunts you. Am I worthy? Don't really deserve this. Don't let the devil do that to you. I know my son's going to hit some stumbling box. I know he will. I did. We all did. Be ready for him. Even this story, this parable reminds us that even within your own family, whether it be family of Christ or family in the world or family at work, many times it's your own family that will give you resistance. Don't let that happen. I promise it will be a short message, so I'm just going to finish with this. If you've come to Christ, don't look back. Don't let others discourage you. Keep celebrating. Celebrate every day. Celebrate every day. Wake up. Focus on Christ. Everything else falls into place. If you know a prodigal son, prodigal daughter, keep praying. Keep praying. I know we have others here that and we we all have other friends and relatives that are prodigal. We, We all have them. Keep praying. The Lord will amaze you at what he can do. But if you have not yet come to your senses, if anybody out there has not yet come to their senses, if anybody's hearing this and has not yet turned back and come to their senses, let today be the day. Let today be the day you turn towards the Father because his arms are wide open and he's ready to celebrate with you. Father, we thank you so much for our salvation. We thank you so much for your reminder, Lord, in this message that reminds us that everything's possible when we turn to you, Lord. In your name we pray.